and welcome to the Flamrouge Cycling Podcast, episode eight. I think it is now eight. Is it eight? Yeah, it is eight. Um, I'm back with my co-host. It's been a long time, no see. And today we are talking about um, Paris-Roubaix 2021. Yes, I think this is my cue to talk. Uh, it was an yeah, interesting that race. Was kind of you, that was kind of your cue to talk. It was an interesting race, don't you think, Ethan? I mean, what spectacular fail. A win for, for Italy. Uh, I don't yes, know. It's first in a while. Surprisingly or unsurprisingly. But I'm going to say surprisingly because they haven't won in a few years. Yeah. So, yes. Um, you want to shed more yeah. light onto the detail? Okay, so to start, um, it was the first wet Paris-Roubaix for, since 2002, um, which is nice because the whole point of Paris-Roubaix is that everybody makes it to the finish looking like a block of mud. Um, I don't think I need to explain that if you've watched Paris-Roubaix this year. Um, that's what they looked like. It was very weird, though. I thought it was quite funny that when you were looking at, like when they were like head on, when the camera was head on, uh, they looked like black and mucky and not great. Um, but when you look from the top, because there's no mud coming down from the top, so yeah, when, the, when the helicopter came past, then then you could see the then you could see their logos and stuff. So you kind of knew who they were. But from the front, like is it Moscow? No, it's not Moscow. Is it? No, it's not one. Who is it? Oh, um, who is that? Um, oh, it's it's called Brit. No, no, but no. Oh, it's it's Madifadorpo. Mm. <laughs> that that was basically every time the angle shot to the to the front of the motorbikes. Um, so yeah, so the yeah. first everyone was in the same team, my dad and I would yeah, so the first the first half no, was, I was just saying everyone was in the same team. Yeah, everybody was in the same team. It was the it was the gray, the grayish brown team. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's at that point you go riders null mud one. Yeah. <laughs> riders null mud monsters one. Yeah, it's been um, it's been a couple of years and before uh, since the mud's been able to take a point, but they have. Um, but if you look back through like the history books, like old Roubaix, you see them like all covered in mud. So I think it's very nice that finally, uh, there's a there's a real Roubaix, there's a real I'm gonna call it real Roubaix with like mud and because the last few years I say few years I've never seen a wet Roubaix live, um, live, so um. Yeah, so the first half of the course was um, relatively um, not that exciting because it's flat, um, Paris-Roubaix. Imagine if it was hilly. Um, yeah, so it's pretty flat. But um, So the first half was not that, that hectic. And then the, then the, the, gravel, the, the cobble started. Um, there were... And the fun ended. The yeah, cobble the fun started ended. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think there were 27 sectors, but I'm not positive about that. Uh, no, I was close. 30 sectors for the, for the men and 17, 17 for the woman. Um, yes, talking about the woman, let's start with them because it's the first in history, um, that there's been a woman's paris so paris femme. Um, in total, the women faced 17 sectors. So um, basically, they basically cut in, like they skipped the first half where nothing interesting is going on for the first 100K or whatever. 
They came in with about 150 kilometers to go, um, starting from like the third sector. So they, I think they had, how many? Yeah, so they had 17 sectors instead of 30, uh, which I think is disappointing. I feel like they could have added a bit more race time for the women, yeah. but um, I, there's not much but I they can skipped, do. Uh, they skipped the difficult part, uh, if I can, I mean, the easy part, if I can say mm. that they skipped the part, went yeah. straight to the big. Big boys and girls and LGBT. Yeah, but they missed the part. first few. They missed the first like t- uh, ten or more sectors of cobble, which was kind mm. of sad. So I feel like maybe they could have started at least like like ten k from the first cobble sector or whatever. So they're still the same amount of cobbles, but I feel like maybe the ratio of flat for of road to cobble would have been like thrown out the window. Then I don't know. Race was a hundred, so two hundred and fifty or so kilometers long. Um, the women's race was around 100 kilometers less, around 150 kilometers. I think it should have been longer, personally, as I stated. Um, and I think you can notice that we, we were man down. Um, if there's any background noise, um, there's a storm coming over, and my dog is hiding under the table, terrified. Anyway, back to, back to cycling. Um, the women's race was completely blown out of the water. I had 50 uh, kilometers to go. Um, Lizzie Dagnan uh, broke away from the from the peloton um, and was never seen again. Basically, um, the next time the rest of the peloton saw Lizzie Dagnan was after she'd crossed the finish line. About a minute later, <laughs> um, unbelievable race. She completely obliterated it, and I think it's the first time ever that um, you. I'm sure you'll expose me for this if I got this wrong, but I think it's the first time ever that um, Paris Bay has been won on tubeless tyres. Um, so that was cool. And then the men's race, the men's race, the men's race started, started, um, started as most Roubaix start, um, to get the breakaway, trying to get up the road. Um, often you have a few attempts until the final breakaway goes up the road. Um, once the breakaway was brought back, um, there was a, there was a group of, I think four or five went up the road um, and then uh, Mathieu van der Poel um, decided to attack uh, pulling along various different um, people along including Wat van Aert at the time um, at that time Gianni Moscon was the last one remaining from the front group uh, the original group that broke uh, that um, broke away um, eventually, with about uh, 10 kilometers or 15, 20 kilometers to go, he was eventually caught after having a bit of bad luck with a, uh, a badly timed puncture and a bike change, and then, and then unfortunately he had he had a crash, and then because a lot of people think that there was something wrong with the new tires on the new bike that he had to have after the puncture, but eventually he was caught, then dropped. He ended up coming fourth after the three riders that attacked. Um, once he was caught, um, Sonny Colbrelli, the new European champion, Mathieu van der Poel and uh, Vermeesh uh, up the road with him. So that came down to th- uh, three people a- and um, it remained like that um, all the way until the final velodrome uh, where it was a three-man sprint all the way to the line which uh, Vermeesh kicked off with about half a lap to go. Um, chased down by Colbrelli, and just behind him was Mathieu van der Poel, who just did not have the legs to keep up with the two of them, and Colbrelli managed to steal the win, 
and I don't think I've ever seen someone more happy in my life winning a bike race. Um, Cobrelli won, just behind him was Fermiche and Mathieu van der Poel in third. And I don't think you've ever seen a more disappointed look on a podium than Mathieu van der Poel in third. <laughs> um, sure, Mish was also disappointed. I think you could tell that by his face as well. But I think um, he would never have dreamed of even close to a top five, never mind second. So I think that was an excellent race by him. Also, seeing as he was in the, the early breakaway that went up the road, which I think was very impressive for um, from his sake. But Jeepers. He was like, uh, Colbretti was like rolling around in the grass. He was like over the moon. He could not believe it. Anyway, moving on. In other news, uh, Milano-Torino happened yesterday. Um, if you're watching this on the day of recording, which is Thursday. Is it happened on Wednesday? Um, it came down to a, f- a small group. Well, small, I mean about 10 riders. Uh, at the front of the race with about 10k to go. Um, with about f- uh, seven or so okay to go, uh, Adam Yates decided to have a, have a crack at it. Um, he was quickly chased down by the peloton, but he kept trying, pushing, and finally broke away. Um, just to be followed straight away by uh, Primoz Roglic, um, who managed to take the victory over big names such as Tali Pogaccia and Julien Alaphilippe, the new, well, new, technically, uh, anyway, champion. That pretty much sums up this week's um, racing. Uh, if you want to leave any questions or comments, um, leave them in the comments below if you're on YouTube, or leave them using a voice message in the link in the description. Um, thank you so much for watching and listening, everyone. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and click the little bell if you're on YouTube, and share this podcast with all your fellow cycling enthusiasts. Anyway, um, we have some interesting news. Um, we've decided not to make this a weekly show and instead only bring it out in crucial events because sometimes there isn't a huge amount going on. Um, so this is the Paris-Roubaix episode and then um, moving on there'll be only be more on important events such as the final monument of the season coming up next week, uh, Saturday, uh, which is Il Lombardia or the Tour of Lombardy. Um, anyway... Uh, See you next week. Ciao.